Welcome to the True Grit Strength Podcast. I'm Ryan Steck. And I'm Rachel Geiger. We created the True Grit Strength Podcast so that we can share our stories around how strength training changed us for the better and helped us to discover our athletic potential, develop grit, and pursue growth in all aspects of our lives. It's through our stories that we hope to share with you that regardless of where you are or where you've started from, you can build strength and athleticism in all ages and stages of life despite loss, injuries, or setbacks. So how do you make a comeback to the gym when the odds are stacked against you? Tune in to find out. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 38 of the True Great Strength Podcast. Hey y'all, welcome back. <laughs> so we're going to do a Q&A episode today, um, but before we get into it, we're going to start out with our wins and losses. Yeah. Do you want to this go- past week? Oh, also, we didn't do an episode last week, so maybe that's my loss. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. We took um a week off last week. Um. I am not sure that I really. Oh well, we were gathering questions for the Q and A, so we just gave it a little bit of extra time. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of the the reasoning behind. But yeah, we're gonna start with some wins and losses from this last week. Um, if you've listened to previous episodes, you know that we do this every week. Um, we just start off with one win and one loss for each of us. Um, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, I'll start. Uh, so my win for this week is for the last, I guess we're on week three now. I've been uh, leading a personal training class at night. Yeah. Uh, not like a group fitness class, but like training other future personal trainers Teaching, yeah, um, teaching, doing, yeah. yeah, teaching future personal trainers. Um, and my class specifically is like more practical, like hands on, like teaching them exercise technique and things like that. Um, and we're we just finished week two, I guess, so we're headed into week three. Uh, but anyway, on the last night of class this week, uh, right before we let them go, they all started talking about like how much they've learned in such a little period of time. Oh, so, so great. it was really sweet. So, anyway, that's my win for this week. Um, and then my loss, I forgot. <laughs> um, your loss was around, um, oh, oh, not completing your workout on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we went to the Longhorns football game yesterday. <sighs> um, and it was a morning game. And so I was supposed to work out yesterday. And normally on the weekends, I like to get up and do it and like hang out for a little bit and chill, but then just get it done earlier in the day. So usually around like 11 or 12, but because we went to the game, I didn't do it before because I didn't have enough time. And then by the time we got home, I was just like kind of wrecked and we had other stuff to do. And so I normally don't postpone workouts for the reason I'm about to say, uh, but I did. Uh, So I did it today instead, which doesn't sound like a big deal. And it's really not. It's just that like, I normally don't work out on Sundays and it's again, not that huge of a deal, but it just, it really threw me off and I was really, really tired and it just was not the best workout. And I wish that I had just sucked it up and done it yesterday. So I personally always think that it's just better to do things when you're supposed to do them, that when you start making like concessions with yourself and right. trying to reschedule things and move things around. Sometimes you're doing more harm than good. Um, and at least mentally, like physically, it doesn't really matter at all. As long as you're yeah. getting it in, it doesn't matter when, but mentally sometimes it messes with me when I don't follow a certain routine because it just helps me get through it. Yeah. Sometimes you need to just put your head down and get the work done. Right. Yeah. 
Um, so my win and my loss, I feel like they're often connected and they're connected this, this week as well. Um, my win is that I was able to do, um, my, all my workouts during the week. So I didn't have school on Monday, so I was able to work out Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday, Friday. So that was like pretty awesome. I like rarely am able to stick to that schedule. Um, but my loss is that like, I was like, oh, well, I'll do an extra little workout on the weekend. And then I just never did. Mm. Um, and I miss like working out over the weekend. It just like adds a little bit of structure into my day. It helps like get my nutrition on point. Um, and I didn't work out this weekend. And that's like the first time I've not worked out on the weekend in a really long time. Yeah. And I just feel kind of like not great <laughs> i'm a little sluggish i'm kind of tired um i just don't feel like myself and i i mean i suppose i could get a workout in after this but that is true it is only uh, 4 30. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i don't know i i thought like um, my program calls for me to work out monday tuesday thursday friday and i was like okay great i'll get that in and now i'm like you know what there's no reason for that mm -hmm. i don't need to squeeze everything into my week just to say that i did like i can still work out on the weekend yeah for sure so just do three in the during the week and then one on the weekend yeah this is all relevant to a question that we're gonna have later on yeah um in the episode yeah, so we'll come back up um, all right, y'all. So like we said, we're doing a Q&A episode. Um, we have three questions for you. Um, they're all uh, pretty different, um, but they're all really good. Um, one's around protein. The other round is around glutes. And the last one is around um, uh, consistency. consistency. Sorry, lost the <laughs> word. Thank you. Um, all right, are we ready to dive in? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Uh, so question number one um, is all around protein. Uh, and the question says, if one is supposed to intake 0.7 to 1 grams of protein per pound of body weight, and I've lost like 25 pounds since I started tracking, amazing by the way. Yeah, great. And um, <laughs> technically, I'm taking in more than I need. I'm also aware of all the benefits of protein intake. So I guess the real question is, is it possible to consume too much protein? Yeah, this is awesome. I love this question, but it's not yeah. something we really get to talk about a lot. But yeah, so this person obviously has been tracking for a while and has gotten accustomed to eating a certain amount of protein at a certain amount of weight. Um, so usually I recommend, so that, that range that they gave, the 0.7 to 1 gram per pound of body weight, um so in terms of that range like i usually recommend the lower end of that range to so that 0.7 uh grams per pound of body weight for clients who are just starting to increase their protein intake so maybe just starting to track macros or just shooting to eat more protein in their diet um that and they're struggling to learn how to eat that much protein in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, so this person has been doing this for a while, so they've become more accustomed to that because as you get more accustomed to it, um, then I, I recommend the higher range of that one gram per pound of body weight. But in the instance of weight loss, um, that number is going to start to go down, right? Because that number, you know, as somebody loses weight, um, the amount of protein that they're eating is gonna, going to be less. So you don't have to alter this for every gram or every pound, I mean, um, but you can adjust that intake every five to 10 pounds mm. as you're losing that weight. 
Um, but a strategy that I actually like to use with people, especially if they do, if, if a specific person mm. does have a lot of weight to lose is that, um, or just a, a, in this scenario, as somebody has already lost a significant amount of weight, um, another strategy you can use in that scenario would be to eat one gram per pound of body weight, but based on your desired goal, not your current weight. So if you've been at this for a while and you're eating more protein than you feel like you need, um, you can take that down so that you're eating one gram per pound of body weight based off whatever your goal weight is. Interesting. Yeah. So for example, if I have a weight loss client who weighs 220 pounds and maybe their ultimate end goal is 185, mm. I'm going to have them eat 185 grams of protein because 220 would be, you know, consume more of their calories. It's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just going to be a lot harder to do. I mean, and that means that that 220 grams of protein is going to take up more of their total calories than, and that, and that would probably make them less likely to hit those specific targets. Got it. Um, and so they would still be getting enough protein at that 185 to preserve their lean muscle mass and all the reasons why we want to eat a lot of protein. They would still get all the benefits of that um, and still be well within that 0.7 to one gram per pound of body weight. Got it. Um, and then the second part of that question, is it possible to consume too much protein. It's very difficult to eat too much protein for most people. Well, it's also probably difficult to get so much protein in. Well, yeah, that's what you I'm know? saying. Like I, easy. I've been at 160 for like five years, like grams of protein, I mean, for like five years. And I can't imagine, even on the days that I go over, like maybe I get like 180. Yeah. But like, I can't imagine eating... 220 yeah i think i mean obviously it's a little more tricky for me uh, as someone who eats like mostly vegan um but i can't imagine doing over like 180. well and it's doable and so like and so but i think in a weight loss scenario like if we're talking like bodybuilder scenario then yeah there's people out there who eat who eat that and more sure but if we're talking sure. like general population like just getting healthy like trying to maintain weight loss or you know trying to lose weight like there's not there's they don't need to eat that much protein so it is very difficult to eat too much protein so like i said even like hardcore bodybuilders will eat as much as like four grams per pound of body weight wow um and only if they sustain that for a, a long term which they don't um or in most of the cases they probably don't we'll see they won't see any kind of negative side effects if any at all Got it. um so it takes kind of like long term eating like way more protein than you need for you to see any sort of adverse effects from that so it's very hard to do um to eat too much protein um but um as with all things nutrition there's no set black or white answer so totally. i can't speak for every single person um, so that's why it's more about kind of playing around with those numbers, playing around with those servings and amounts and finding out what kind of works best for you. So it sounds like eat the the amount of protein that you is your goal weight. And then it's not really it would be really difficult to eat too much protein. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, yeah. And as long so as long as you're staying in that 0. 0.7 to 1 gram per pound of body weight range, you're okay. Got it. You don't want to go below 0. 0.7 because you're not then likely not getting enough. Um, yeah, and that's yeah. on like the low range. Um, and so I think if you look up like protein requirements, you know, based off 
I don't know who it would be. I guess like nutritional data or whatever, um, like uh, recommends or like I guess maybe the FDA. I don't know. Yeah, whoever. who regulates that? Uh, whoever makes those nutritional recommendations, that's where that 0.7 to one gram per pound of body weight comes from, right? Um, I think that lower end of that range, or I think that lower end of the range, they're talking about people who don't really exercise or do anything or you, mm. they're not very active got it the more active you are you're going to want to get more of that protein in right so anyway not to go off track here um but yeah if you're if you're in a if you're having having a weight loss if you have a weight loss goal you want to try to eat ba- eat that protein or base that protein requirement off your your goal weight um and not your current weight especially cool. as you're getting like onboarded to eating more protein in general. Yeah, definitely. Cuz it can be, I mean, I know when I first started paying attention to my protein intake, I at first was only eating like 70 grams of protein a day yeah, like same. in my diet and then then it was like, oh, actually I needed to eat 140 or 140 grams of protein a day. And I thought that was impossible. Yeah. I mean, and so like the other side of this equation, I guess, too, is like, so in that example that I gave, if somebody was 220, and then their goal weight is 85, and they start eating 185, 185, and they start eating 185 grams of protein as they're dieting to lose weight, whenever they get to that goal weight of 185, and then they go into like a maintenance phase, right? Where mm-hmm. they're not dieting mm-hmm. to lose weight anymore. And now they're just trying to maintain their weight loss. They're going to have a much easier, they're still going to need to hit that protein goal. So hitting that protein goal as you diet down to your desired weight just kind of gets you accustomed to that eating that type of way totally. that you're going to need to maintain anyway once you hit your goal. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and then even then after that, if somebody were to down, diet down to their goal weight and then maybe try to build some muscle mass or whatever, like that number likely is not really going to change. Got it. Um, yeah. So cool. Um, great question. I love protein. It's my favorite macro. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we're supposed to have favorites, but it's my favorite. Um, okay. Second question is what exercises are best to grow your glutes? (laughs) Yeah, This is a great question, especially because I follow a lot of fitnessy people on Instagram. Um, and I, so I get targeted a lot for like different exercise programs and different, you know, people working out and like, you know, sponsoring or advertising their like their exercises. Yeah. Um, And it's often like grow your glutes. And then you see all these like women doing donkey kicks and um, body weight exercises and all these things. And it's funny because I know that's not true. Right. Um, and you see like, <laughs> you know, exercises with the, the like thinnest little circle hip, like uh, resistance band. Yeah. Thing. It's like <laughs> that, you know, like 80 year olds use for like PT. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, I wish it was like that, <laughs> but no. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about what the best exercises are to grow your glutes and why. Um, because I think just from what I've seen on my feed, on my social media feed, it seems like people don't actually know the truth. Um, so hopefully we can break some of that down. Yeah. So the best way to grow your glutes, uh, and this goes for men and women, even though I think typically women want to focus more on glutes, but yes. You know, anyways, uh, heavy compound exercises are going to give you the most bang for your buck. So that's going to be your squat. That's going to be your deadlift. That's going to be your hip thrust. They throw in some lunges, 
Uh, but those are going to be like the biggest, those main compound exercises. And what I mean by compound is that they work multiple muscle groups at one time. So you're going to get the most bang for your buck. So a lot of the videos that I see popping up on Instagram and the discovery feed and all these like booty workouts or whatever is that they don't provide any level of resistance. So they're no, they're not loaded. Um, and they're also most of the time, uh, isolation exercises. Got it. So like the, how I can explain that in a different way would be, I'm going to work if I, my goal is to grow my biceps, to get bigger arms. Like I can grow my biceps by doing things like pull-ups and rows and things like that, that are going to you know, target a lot of muscle groups, but also target my biceps. Right. Or I can only ever do bicep curls. Oof. Right. And so like, it's not to say that those bicep curls wouldn't work, right? But it's just that I'm going to see results a lot quicker. And I'm going to get more out of it if I do exercises that work multiple muscle groups at one time. Um, and so back to the original question about the glutes. So those heavy compound movements like the squat, the deadlift or the hip thrust and any variations of those are going to give you um, the most bang for your buck. So doing bodyweight glute exercises like hip bridges or donkey kicks so those fire hydrant things or anything with like that hip circle mini band might activate the glute well. And it is great as a warm up. Uh, but it's not going to be enough stimulus over a long period of time to cause any type of adaptation or stress that's needed for that muscle to grow. And that's basically what you're trying to do. If you're trying to grow your glutes, you're trying to grow muscle in that specific area. Right. You can target that specific area. Uh, but like I said, and when I say heavy, that's going to be relative to each person, right? right what's right. heavy to me is going to be maybe different than what's heavy to you. And so yeah. you can kind of take that as it needs to be intense like it needs to feel like it has to require some type of load right and and the other end of that is like what's heavy to me now and what what was heavy to me four years ago is much different as well right so like it's right. this idea of constantly progressing and like adding more yeah and that's the other thing in order to grow muscle um and i can definitely attest to this because this has been my primary focus of training for the last five years you have to be able to progress um every workout for the most part like so you have to be able it's called you know it's progressive resistance training is what you need so that means that every single time you work out or at least week over week you're trying to do more than you did the week before either you're adding you know you're adding load you're doing other things you're making the exercise harder by trying different variations or you're adding more reps to a specific point but the whole idea is that you have to progress the type of stress that you're applying to your body if not, it has no reason to grow. Right. So if you're trying to grow your glutes, but you're doing the same, you know, whatever workout off Instagram week after week, like you're not going to see any progress because there's nothing that's progressive about that. Like, right, right. and that's one thing I'm not saying that body weight exercises do not work like to a degree they will, but only for a specific amount of time. Like eventually right, right. the thing, the downside of body weight stuff is that it's hard to, it's hard to have that progression. Like it's hard to progress those types of exercises over to over time. Um, yeah, you can add more reps. If I do hit bridges and I do a set of 12 this week and then the next week I try to do 15, like technically, yes, that's making a progression. But the downside to that is that once you start working in those really high rep ranges, you're not 
you're not providing enough stress. You're now working more endurance. Got it. Yeah. I, Ryan and I were prepping for this episode and we were like chatting about this specific question and something I thought that was really interesting that I never knew before was like, um, the burn that you feel when you're doing exercises, like hip bridges, donkey kicks, fire hydrant, right? Like you feel, you can feel that in your body if you do enough of them. And he mentioned like the burn that you're feeling from that is likely endurance related, but it's not actually benefiting your muscle growth, which is like what you need to happen in order to see growth within your glutes yeah. or in any muscle group. Right. Because if I don't, if I don't have the stress from a heavy load and I'm just doing body weight, you know, let's, let's say hip bridges, cause we're focused on the glutes. If I'm just doing body weight, hip bridges, like it, I'm going to have to do, you know, like 30 to like really start to feel my, my glutes at all. Right. 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 And so at that point, like the, the ability that, that burning sensation that you're feeling is, is because that muscle is getting tired. That's a very, very different sensation. If you lift heavy weight, you know that that's a very different sensation. Oh yeah. Like when you're lifting heavy weight, that, that muscle fatigue feels completely different. Totally. Um, and that's not to say that there's nothing good about that lactic acid burn up. Like that's what causes that burning feeling. It just means that like, we need to be able to get there using less reps. Yeah, totally. Right. And so that's where we, we you can't, you can't not load this stuff. Like if that is your goal, like you have to load it. And like I said before, like what feels heavy to you is going to feel different, you know, is going to be a different type of heavy for me. Um, but that's, that's why it's relative to your specific experience. So like the whole point of me saying heavy is just to emphasize the fact that like, it needs to be challenging. Yeah. Um, and I would suggest that it it's a load that's challenging in that eight to 12 rep range. If you can do 15, 20 reps of something, you can definitely up the intensity, um, to give your, to make sure that you're giving your body enough stress to cause that adaptation that you're after. Yeah. Um, what Ryan kind of touched on this, but just to like really hit it home, something we were like joking about earlier was like, imagine if someone wanted to grow their arms, right? They wanted to like build the muscles in their arms up and Ryan told them to just do like body weight bicep curls. Yeah. <laughs> Consistently, I mean. you know, like that sounds so silly, but when I think when we see it online, we, we I think it just is the easier thing. Yeah. Um, and so it's more appealing um, than thinking about, I don't know. I mean, we've done many episodes around this of like women being hesitant to like lift heavy weights because we don't want to get bulky or whatever, whatever that messaging that's given is like, we've talked a lot about that, but that is yeah. the way. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you go and you look at people who squat, who, you know, do heavy squats, who do heavy deadlifts, men or women both like they've yeah, got a regardless big, of gender they've got glutes like yes. that's actually a problem <laughs> that i'm currently trying to get away from right is that like my butt has gotten so big from well, squatting and deadlifting that even like if you, sorry go ahead it's like hard for me to fit in pants right well even if you we were talking about this in relation with like athletes right, right? that's like all athletes are that way they have like very large glutes um and why because they're like doing donkey kicks like no because they're like in the weight room weight training specifically squatting deadlift like hitting the major lifts right yeah and listen so, like i don't mean to i hope i'm not like scaring anybody away from training because this is obviously like there's many variations of these sure. movements like 
I have clients who are looking to grow their glutes. Like we can still do goblet squats. We can still do dumbbell oh, yeah. Romanian deadlifts. I like, do that stuff all the time. Those are all variations of the squat, the deadlift, the hip thrust. Um, you know, I like doing hip bridges with clients and having them hold the dumbbell on their lap or yeah, you know, those I, like preloaded barbells like they, they have at the gym sometimes. Like those yeah. are all great options. We're just saying that I think where this is really coming from too is like, you know, the Instagram influencer stuff that you see online where these girls who have these like giant glutes are doing these exercises that did not get them those glutes. And that's the, <laughs> that's the marketing aspect of it. And yeah. that's kind of what we're trying to speak to. Yeah. And I'll just plug that the first, I would say two years of my weight training, I did not touch a barbell. I think it was like year heading into year two that I finally started doing barbell work. Yeah. Um, I spent the whole first two years like on dumbbells. So absolutely no, uh, no shame in that game because I was there for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, the last thing I'll say about this too is like there's literally no person that should not lift lo like heavy loads. Yeah. Like I don't care. Like there's no like there's no disqualifier there. Yeah. So like I guess I'm just saying that to say that like there's not going to be, you're not going to lose anything from that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so you should definitely be comfortable like going for load, but like going back to the original question, those exercises that you want to focus on loading are that squat, the deadlift, var squat variations, deadlift variations, hip thrust vari variations, and some lunges in there too. Sure. Cool. <laughs> Always single leg work. Yeah. But this is a good segue to our third question. Um, okay. So our third question is, um i'm struggling to stay consistent and stick to my workout plan what what should i do yeah so we've talked to the life about this quite a bit on the podcast and i kind of hope that like us sharing our wins and losses for the week in the beginning <laughs> like help us you know help to like shine a light on the fact that like no matter how experienced you are like you still are going to struggle with this to some level sure right i mean so... yeah and it's always going to change Right. So yeah. I hope that that I hope that that like takes some of the pressure off. It's like even though I actually am in the rare percentage of people who actually enjoy working out, most of the times when it comes down time to do it, I don't really feel like doing it. Right. But like I still <laughs> yeah. I still do it. Right. Yeah. Because I care about that angle. And this, that's what kind of what we're going to get into with this. So I break this question down into three parts. So if you're struggling to stay consistent and stick to your workout plan or just get started in general and kind of generate that momentum, there's three things that you need to look at and reflect on. So the one, the first one that I'm going to say, and I think this is probably the most important and maybe where a lot of people get tripped up is you need to look at your readiness and your desire to actually change. Yeah, because I think a lot of people sometimes start workout programs because they feel like they need to or they feel like they have to maybe for medical reasons or something like that. Um, but they're not really ready to go through with it. Or they don't really they think that they want to do it, but maybe they don't want to do it as much as they think they actually do. And so what'll happen is like, they'll generate that momentum for like a week or two weeks or whatever. And then like the first little bump in the road that happens everything kind of crumbles and falls apart. Totally. So this is why I'm asking like, or, or pointing out, like you really need to reflect on like how ready you are to change and like how deep is that desire? Because 
everything else that happens after that in terms of like finding the right workout plan or finding something that you enjoy to stay active or making sure that you have somebody that will help you or you're doing the right things to reach your goals. Like those are all things that are really important, right? But if I don't have that desire, the desire part, all of that other stuff can be coached too. If you don't know how to do something that you need to do, like you can hire a coach for that, or you can have a friend help you, or you can look up a YouTube video. There's like ways to learn how to do pretty much everything. Like you can get help with that stuff. That's the stuff that can be taught. The thing that can't be coached or taught is like desire or readiness to change. Like somebody can tell you that it's important, yeah. right? But like that doesn't really have an impact on somebody's ability to actually do the work yeah. and stay consistent, right? Like that's why like otherwise like doctors like probably wouldn't have their jobs when it comes to pe helping people like with, you know, uh, high blood pressure or you know, diabetes or these other sort of things that are keeping people, you know, that typically the result is like, oh, well, you need to exercise more, right? right. It's like, if we just, if it's just, um, that's a very rational thing, yeah. right? But like, we can have rational reasons for wanting to exercise or knowing that we need to exercise. But again, that doesn't really impact our desire, right? And so it's like, if you're starting and you're struggling to stay consistent, like really reflect and think like how ready on a scale of one to 10, like how ready am I actually to do this? And I think in order to be successful, that number probably should be at least a seven. Mm -hmm. If it's anything under the seven, it doesn't mean that that's impossible. It just means maybe you need to reflect more on why doing that why following this specific routine or why following this workout plan is important to you. Yeah. And I'll say like speaking from my own experience of like trying and getting started with working out and like not being able to stay consistent and then trying again and not being able to be consistent and like kind of going through this cycle, which I think a lot of people get stuck in is like all the initial times that I was like trying, um, thinking I was ready for a change. Like my motivators were all external. I was like, oh, I want to look a certain way or I want to lose a certain amount of weight or like whatever the reason was. And it actually didn't stick for me until I hooked into like an internal reason of why I wanted to do it. And really it came back down to like me just wanting to like combat um, my stress and anxiety. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I think it's just interesting to think about um Yes, think about are you ready and then think about why, like, why do you really want this? And like, what's your what's your goal? Um, because you might think it's one thing and, and really it could be something totally different. Yeah, definitely. And so I think, you know, in the, the desire to change or, you know, the readiness to change um, on that scale of one to 10, like that's not something that's set in stone. That's just something that I, I feel like makes sense after working with people who start working with me or maybe start a plan on their own and then like a month in and they bail. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. Like you're making a complete, if, if you've not do, done this before, like you're making a complete total change in your life, right? Yeah. It requires more than just kind of showing up to work out. It, right. Yeah, so yeah. De de well, depending on the goal, right. And so it's like, if you're not, if you're not really ready to make those changes, but you think that somebody else can help you get there, that's only true to a degree, but like you have to really be ready to change or you're going to remember why you hate doing this or why you don't want to do this in the first place. And those things are going to take over and kind of win. 
Yeah. And not to like scare anyone away from working out because, or like, you know, being healthy, but, um, my whole life changed, you know, like my whole lifestyle changed after I like really committed myself to weightlifting and to focusing on, on nutrition, like a lot of parts of my identity shifted. Um, and that can be a big undertaking. Um, obviously it's all for the better. Like I never would want to go back or revert back to where I was, you know, four years ago, five years ago. But it's like, I say that now with all my hindsight behind me, you know, it's, it's kind of hard when you're getting started in the moment and you like start to realize all the ways that your life shifts when you, once you start incorporating, you know, new lifestyle changes into your life. Yeah. I mean, the other thing too, that I think why this readiness to change or desire to change is so important is because you have to, there are going to be things that happen along the way that you're going to have to learn to problem solve for. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that desire to change, it's going to be really hard to solve those, to problem solve for those things. Right. So it's like, this is where the whole, oh, I don't have time to work out or I don't have time to meal prep comes from because it's like, yes, that might be true. Right. But if you, if you, if your desire to change is great enough, you'll have to learn to problem solve for that thing some way, somehow. Right. And if you're not ready to change, then that problem is going to seem and feel insurmountable. And so right? you just will stop. And so you'll just stop. Right. It'll become your big rock. Right. And like, like this yeah. isn't me sitting here saying, oh, you don't want it bad enough. It's like, no, that's not what it is. It's like it's it requires problem solving skills. And you can have somebody help you problem solve those things. But I think the people who tend to struggle with consistency and maybe quit or drop off too early before they reach their goals is because they see these problems, these little bumps in the road as being things that they can't overcome mm -hmm. instead of finding something that does work. Right. Right. And so like maybe let's relate it to that first question as an example about the protein. So a lot of clients, when I tell them that they need to start increasing their protein intake while they're losing weight, they see that as like an insurmountable problem. Like there's no way I can eat that much protein. Whereas like, you know, a problem solving mindset or, you know, having that more, that greater desire to change is like, okay, well, like how, like, what can I do? What can I do? Like, seriously, like, do I need to incorporate protein shakes? Do I need to increase my serving of protein at dinner? Like we're starting to problem solve here. So there, I'm not talking about big, scary problems, right? These are like more like, you know, just things that come up along the way, but that does having that desire to change makes you more likely to be able to problem solve for those things rather than them being the thing that, that ends it for you. Yeah. All right. So that's kind of the first thing is like that, you know, thinking about how ready, how ready you are, because there are definitely maybe times in your life that's not good for you to try to do something like this. Yeah. Right. So like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. So like, Again, I'm not saying, oh, you don't want it bad enough. It just mean like, you know, maybe it's really not a good time for you for whatever reason. And so yeah. I can't answer that question, right? You'd have to reflect on that and consider that on your own. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like I'm definitely in in that state right now where like I'm already, you know, I'm obviously four years into like my weight training career or whatever you want to call it. But like. I am in a place where it's much harder for me to like dedicate time to tracking and having those really long workouts that I want to have. And like, do I want to, you know, grow, 
grow muscle mass and like build strength, like of course, but like, am I in a time in my life right now where that's like extremely possible? No. So like, I'm just shifting a little bit, like my, my goals. Right. right? Um, so, you know, it's all about your specific situation. And that kind of brings us to our second thing, right? So the first thing is readiness and desire to change. Uh, the second thing is like, you have to have a specific plan for you. Right. And so this is where like, you know, maybe I'm down. If somebody's just trying to be general, generally fit and healthy, like I'm, I'm down for whatever that is that they want to do to get active. Right. But if you have specific goals, I do think that you're going to be more consistent and uh, more successful if you have a plan that's specific to you. So just like Rachel said, you know, my work's crazy right now. Like I'm, I'm working a lot more hours than I used to be, you know, last year. Like if I told her that the only way for her to reach her goals is if she worked out six days a week, like she wouldn't (laughs) be able to do it. And that doesn't, that's a, that would be a plan that does not match what her goals and her needs are. Right. Right. And so like, I have some clients who are like, listen, I got 30 minutes twice a week. That's what I got. And like, that's what we're going to work with. Right. And so like, do I wish that they had more time? Yes. But so does everybody. Right. And so like, it has to be a specific, a plan that's specific for you and what your specific needs are. And that, that comes down to whatever your goal is. Um, that could be, you know, what your schedule is like, that could be your injury history. Like, let's say like you have like a, a knee injury from five years ago, that's preventing you from doing what you want. You need a plan that's going to help you work around that specific injury. That's right. going to include exercises that you can actually do and feel successful with. They won't cause you further pain or harm. Mm-hmm. Right. But that has to be something that's specific to you and you only. So there's no, this is where I think, again, if somebody's just trying to get generally fit and they don't have specific goals and they're just trying to get healthy, you can pretty much do whatever you want. But if you have specific needs and goals, it's, it's hard to stay consistent following a plan that's not right for you. Right. And so like, that's where I think like people go to CrossFit and like get beat up or like go try orange theory and hate it, or, you know, try to go do some other you know, fitness class, like I made that mistake in the beginning. And I was thinking that that was the only way to exercise. And then I realized like, oh, right, like, this is just really not right for me specifically, because it doesn't focus on what I need to focus on to be successful. And so it's hard for me to stay consistent with that thing. Right. So you need a specific plan for your goals and for your needs. Um, yeah, and related to that, the, the final aspect is you need a plan that you can relate to. Yeah. Um, meaning you need to have, or you need to know like why you're doing what you're doing. This is so important. Yeah. This is maybe, yeah. Outside the desire to change, like this is maybe the most important thing, right? So like outside of that desire to change and having that specific plan, the specific plan tells you exactly what it is that you're need to be doing, right? Yeah. So just like we said, oh, somebody wants to grow their glutes. Okay. Here's the exercises that you need to do. Right. But in order to relate to that plan, you have to know why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, like related to what we were just talking about with growing your glutes, like let's say a client comes to Ryan and is like, hey, this is my goal. Like, I want to have jacked glutes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Which I'm sure you probably had clients say something like that to you. Ryan's going to specifically choose exercises um, that would be specific to that goal. Right. So he wouldn't choose generic exercises because then it's like, well, why am I doing this? And it's like, eh, I don't know. 
But like if Ryan chooses specific exercises and can like say, oh, we're doing a hip thrust because it, you know, specifically is a compound movement that's targeting your glutes, like you're going to be like, all right, yeah, let's go. Like I'm ready to do this because you know you're making progress. Right. So it helps, it helps you with consistency because it helps you understand the importance of why you're doing what you're doing. Right. Right. And so you can relate to it because you know that it's specific for you. Right. And so, like I said, there's variations of these exercises. Like if I want to grow my glutes, maybe I do a barbell back squat. Right. But if I have a new client come in and tells me that, tell me that they want to grow their glutes, that's probably an exercise that's maybe a little bit, you know, too advanced for them at the moment. Maybe we need to do a different type of squat. Right. But that is an example of this customization that makes it uh, specific to you and your needs but also something that you can relate to because the other part about relatedness is that you need to feel successful in what you're doing. And that can mean doing something long enough to see positive results from it. So you want to keep doing that thing, but it could also just be something that makes you feel confident and good about your ability to do the thing. Right. Right. If I give exercises that are constantly too hard for all of my clients, they're going to feel inadequate or like they can't do what they need to do. Right. right. And so, but if I can give somebody an exercise that helps them tackle their goal, helps them, you know, fits their needs, but also makes them feel good and makes them feel successful, they're going to relate to that, that exercise and the plan in general, they're going to have, they're going to be bought into it and you're going to be way more likely to stick with it on long term. Right. I mean, it goes back to what Ryan was just saying. If, if someone presented me with a workout program right now that, was you know six days a week two hour work hour and a half workout like i my consistency with that plan would probably not be very good you know so i've specifically chosen a like a relatable workout program for me right now that's only 45 minutes long four days a week um because i know that i'm going to be able to stick to that it fits in with my schedule so it's like it's specific to me and my my needs and it's like relatable it's something that i feel like i can accomplish and be successful with so like i'm able to be consistent yeah i mean an example a personal example that i can use is when i first started exercising i don't know why i thought this but like i never thought about lifting weights like i just didn't yeah me like, either i literally thought that like if i wanted to be healthy and i wanted to be in shape like that's what that was my only like context for all of this stuff in like shape. i just want to be in shape right like, i had no idea what that meant what that looked like yeah it's like oh i just want to be in shape and i thought like the only way for me to do that was to go run same i thought the same thing i actually like running i know you don't but well okay but here's that's why i'm using that as an example though and so it's like i avoided getting in shape because i thought my only way to get in shape was to go run so i sure. had zero relatedness to exercise for that reason because i didn't i didn't relate to running because i wasn't good at it and i didn't understand how it would impact my ultimate goal Right. And so, and it also wasn't really specific to me. Right. right. And so it's like, once I found weightlifting, that shifted my whole perspective on it because I understood in order to get stronger and to be more resilient and to get out of back pain and all the other reasons why I love lifting weights, it's like, I knew that I needed to get stronger. And the only way to get stronger is to lift weights. So now I have that relatedness. That's how I built my current relationship with exercise because I related to the exercises I was doing because I knew what kind of impact they were going to have on my body and my overall health. And I bought into that. 
And so, yes, sometimes it is hard to work out when we don't want to and to stay consistent. But I think having these, that's always going to be there. But I think if you have these three main things checked off, you're going to have a way easier time with it. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, I'll just say when in doubt, like get a coach. (laughs) Right. Like when I say that, it's like, because yeah, a lot of this stuff, like if you have a trainer, if you hire a coach that's like worth their salt, like they're going to be able to build a plan that's specific to you and help you understand how to relate to that plan. Right. right. And so it's like, because a lot of these things can be taught if you don't feel athletic or you don't feel like you're good at exercise or whatever, like those are skills that can be taught very easily. In fact. Yeah. Right. And I would say like, you know, having a coach is great, not just like for accountability, but just so like you can have someone do all that work for you. So like everything that we just listed, like your readiness and like having a plan that's specific to you and like, having a plan that you can relate to all of that is like thought work that you would have to do. And like, I don't know, I know Ryan gets really excited about stuff like that. And that's why he's a coach. And that's why he's really good at what he does. But like, there's certain aspects of that that I like can reflect on and be like, Oh, yeah, I like that. But like, do I want to go learn about why a bench press is best for like my goal and how to incorporate it? Like not really, but like Ryan was able to tell me through my like relationship with weightlifting. Oh, reach. Like you want to, you know, have a stronger chest. Like this is, these are exercises you can do. Like, and he would just give me that information. It wasn't like research I had to do on my own. Um, so having a coach is great because it's like, they do the work for you. Mm -hmm. Like they think about all those little aspects and then design something built specifically for you. Um, and, and explain it to you in like a quick and easy way that's like accessible and digestible. And you don't have to be like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? This is so complicated. Right. And I think this is also too, a little bit different. And I know we've said this maybe on different other episodes before, but yeah, I think finding something that's enjoyable for you could be and is important. It might be hard for some people to find things that they enjoy, but I think this relatedness to a plan can happen even if you don't technically love what it is that you're doing, right? Like it's like anything else that we do because we need to do it because we know it's good for us, right? right? It's right. like, whatever, like any type of like daily chore or anything like that. It's like, right. You can understand the importance of something and you can relate to it and you can understand, have a deep understanding of why you're doing what you're doing. And that can help you stick with it long-term that can be separate from, do I actually enjoy this? I do think you should enjoy it on some level, but you know, some people are not, not like that. And not everybody, you know, it's mostly only trainers who love working out. (laughs) (laughs) and that's why they've chosen to make it their job right so i'm just like i'm just saying like you can separate those things like you can relate to a plan and know its importance um to stay consistent rather than needing to absolutely be head over heels for it or whatever yeah for sure yeah um all right y'all so that's the end of our q a i hope that some part of this was helpful for you um as always if you have follow-up questions uh, thoughts, comments, concerns, please reach out to Ryan at True Good Strength um, and we'll answer some of those more more questions. Yeah, for sure. All right. I hope everybody has a great week. Yeah, y'all have a great week and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.